You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening to the program live during our broadcast time. The show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better business decisions. And today's show, which is our Critical Mass Radio Show nonprofit focus, also is intended to help you, our listening audience, to become aware of the various worthy nonprofits operating here in Orange County. If you want to join in on the conversation today, it's easy. Find the community chat room section on octalkradio.net's website. Log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you right to our nerve center. Today, it's Paul Rogers. Roberts, what's your name? Paul Roberts. He's our engineer. Paul Roberts. Thank you. Paul he has, Roberts. He has to get on the mic. Any excuse to cut into the show. Uh, and he will bring your thoughts and ideas to our attention, and we can work them into the interview. If you're expecting to hear my interview with Daniel Wu talking about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Light the Night Walk, well, stay tuned. He's our second guest because our first guest today is Dan McQuaid with 1OC. Dan is the president of 1OC. Dan, welcome to the program. Glad to be here, Rick. It's good to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about you and your background. Can you share with our audience kind of your professional background that led up to your current position? Well, I've actually had three phases my professional career. I started out as a clinical social worker and a child, family, and adult therapist. So I was going to Columbia to graduate school and was recruited to come to Orange County where there was a child guidance center. And I started out in Orange County um, meeting with families. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my effort to try to make a difference, um, working with the capacity of individuals and families to be able to reach their full potential. Okay. Um, but then I would say my second phase was a desire to build and grow a nonprofit organization and take that mental health, child welfare experience and build an organization. So for 20 years, I was the executive director of Canyon Acres Children and Family Services, mm. which is a, grew to be a large nonprofit organization serving families through residential care, foster care, adoption, a variety of different services with some really vulnerable uh, kids and working with their families as well. But I was also always involved in the, and had an eye on how do you change communities? How do you help the community make real systems change? Mm -hmm. So I consulted with a number of organizations for six years statewide and locally on their capacity building organizational development. When the opportunity came to come to uh, then the Volunteer Center, Orange right, County, right. now 1OC, and I see my task there, again, building capacity, uh, helping uh, Orange County's nonprofits reach their full potential. So mm -hmm. it's always been about capacity building. I've just gone from micro to macro. So take us back to when you first came here, fresh out of college to Orange County. Did you expect, fast forwarding to today, that this is kind of you would stay in Orange County and put, this would be your life, or did you think it was a temporary move, or what was the what was your thought? I remember being a uh, graduate student, married student housing in Columbia telling my wife that they wanted me to work in Laguna Hills 
uh, in Orange County at a child guidance center. That was a dream come true, and I was jumping up and down on the uh, furniture at, at, at Columbia Married Student Housing. I didn't realize that Laguna Hills was Leisure World and not the hills above <laughs> Laguna Beach. So right. there was a little adjustment that I had to uh, deal with, but it was close enough to Laguna Beach that it still met all my expectations. Excellent. Let, let's talk about the organization. You mentioned both names, the Volunteer Center, 1OC. Right. So uh, help maybe the audience make the connection between the name change and sure. what drove that, and then talk to us about the organization, its mission, its purpose, and what it's serving here in the county. So when I came to 1OC, then the Volunteer Center, Orange County, uh, about seven, seven and a half years ago, it was pretty much a one-trick pony to a large degree. It really was focused on vo mobilizing volunteers in Orange County. I think s since that time, we expanded its, its uh, activities uh, to include uh, professional training uh, for nonprofit leaders and community members, uh, also adding consulting services, and then adding business services that help uh, incubate startup hmm. uh, initiatives. Uh, by, by evolving the organization, it, uh, it, it grew substantially, but it also created a greater impact. And I think the synergy, because some nonprofits use all four of our services, some companies all use all four of our services, it created a sort of a one-stop shop. Okay. Uh, that, I think, has enabled us to further advance and accelerate the growth of nonprofits here in Orange County. You talk about nonprofits in, here in Orange County, and it, I think back to an article that I saw last year in the Orange County Register that was really based, that was written by Teresa Walker, but it was based on mm -hmm. research that you had conducted, I think, with Cal State Fullerton. Right. Can, can you give a sense for our uh, listening audience, which are mostly business owners and CEOs of mid-sized mm -hmm. companies, a little bit about the landscape of nonprofits here in Orange County, the number of them, and just a sure. general sense for what your research sh said to you? Well, it surprises some people that we have 3,181 nonprofits here in Orange County. They're all incorporated as through the uh, uh, state of California, so they're not, uh, you can say corporations and nonprofits, but nonprofits are businesses. They right. are companies. They right. are corporations and need to operate the same way any company would operate. So there's 3,181. Uh, some people also might be surprised that the total revenue uh, in 2010 for the nonprofits in Orange County was about $8.2 billion. So it's larger than a lot of segments that right. typically get a lot of recognition within the for-profit business community. Exactly. Uh, what is amazing is this study looked at the nine, uh, Form 990 that the IRS requires nonprofits to file annually. So we have some data that's in there. But one of the data points is, is that between uh, 2000 and 2010, the total revenue, if you will, grew from uh, $4.2 to $8.2 billion, substantial growth. Yes. And the number of nonprofits during that same 10-year period, it grew from, um, let's see, with a number of nonprofits, I think it, it uh, more than doubled. But okay. the surprising piece is our rate of growth was 68% uh, more nonprofits over that 10-year period. Nationally, it was 23%. So what you so see more nonprofits in, Orange, in County. Orange County, a tremendous, more than double the number of uh, size of growth in our community here. And it sort of begs the question, why? The only thing I can think of is um, sometimes nonprofits follow where there's growth and there's money. 
Right. And so the we've been uh, we've been able to fuel the growth, I think, to a large degree of the number of nonprofits. Well, you know, when I read that article in the Register, I was I first marveled at the three thousand plus number because I, I thought, how many could I accurately think of and name by right. name? And then I thought, if there are three thousand plus nonprofits serving the need in Orange County, there's a need for right. three thousand plus nonprofits. Right. And in a community of 3 million-plus people, it seemed to me to be something that really needed to be exposed more to the business community. Well, uh, and, and that's true. I, I think the, um, the, the growth has been in response to the need. Right. Uh, but I, I think there is a, a large amount of unmet need as well. There was mm-hmm. a study that just was put out by – it was um, crafted by the Orange County Community Foundation. It's called uh, – Connect OC community report, and you can go online at the Community Foundation and get that report. But it uh, utilized some uh, pro bono work by McKenzie. And what it showed is, is we're really a tale of two cities here in Orange County. There's real affluence, and then there's yes. real need. And, and the needs that are most glaring have to do with the safety net. It's hungry folks. It is also folks that may be homeless or very vulnerable because uh, you can't live with a family of four can't live with uh, income of forty thousand dollars and think that's a living wage here in Orange County. Right. Uh, so that's one issue is the vulnerable families in terms of the safety net. The other is health and well-being, mm. and that's something that um, there's a lot of vulnerable people in Orange County who are in, uninsured or underinsured. Yes. Or don't have the proper access to services uh, that they really need. Kids that go to school that are either hungry or have dental problems or have other problems don't learn well, which sort of feeds into the third area they really said is unmet in Orange County, and that has to do with education. The number of kids that are getting into third, fourth, fifth grade that aren't at reading level, aren't Mm. prepared to succeed. The fact that we have a number of kids in middle school who are opting out of taking tough classes or aren't going into the sciences how well does that prepare us for a workforce that is going to lead on a, on a global economy? Right. Uh, so those are critical needs that changes how Orange County builds and grows, how it remains vibrant. And I think it's in everybody's interest to get engaged in uh, supporting efforts to make a difference in our own community here in Orange County. I absolutely agree, and I applaud you and your organization for what you're doing in the community to help those organizations serve the need more efficiently, more effectively. We're going to talk about that as we continue our interview here today with Dan McQuaid. After we come back from our first commercial break, Dan, I'd like you to talk about, of all the things you've learned in your phases of your career, what's your guiding principle that you're using to lead 1OC? Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these commercial words. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, 
people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five-star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes the success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they will handle the rest. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. This is our special monthly edition where we focus on nonprofit organizations here in Orange County, California. Our first guest today is Dan McQuaid. He is president of 1OC. And during the break, Dan brought up a couple interesting points that I thought would be valuable for you, our listening audience, to connect with. Dan, we were talking about the budgets of these various nonprofits. Can you share a little of the facts about these organizations? Well, what is rather amazing to me, although we can say there's $8.2 billion of total revenue in the nonprofit sector, uh, it's good to know, uh, well, it's important, I think, to know that 81% of the nonprofit organizations have a budget less than 500000 So they're smaller, smaller businesses smaller, as well. Right. And the other is the top 10 are all uh, not-for-profit hospitals. You throw in... Chapman University, which is a nonprofit, and right. some of the and Goodwill, that's a hundred million dollars a year almost in total revenue. Uh-huh. There's very large, and then there's a, a majority of them are five hundred thousand dollars or less. Right. So I think that's a that's an important piece. The last one I just throw in there, it's people don't realize that one out of ten people work for a nonprofit organ, organization. So they're a huge wow. segment of the workforce here in Orange County and nationally as well. Interesting. Thank you. I'm glad to, I'm glad we got to cover that here on the air so the audience could hear that. Before the break, we said we we're going to ask you about your guiding principle. Sure. My staff would probably laugh because what I frequently say is um, a, non- a nonprofit is a tax status, not a business model. Mm. Or my other mm. f- phrase is usually no margin, no mission. <laughs> and so I, I think in, in helping nonprofits build and grow here in Orange County, it's really how to bring business practices that enable you to uh, take your passion and, and operate your business for success. And in doing that, I think of three different elements of that. Uh, one is, is uh, we, we talk about mission effectiveness, we talk about business efficiency, and we talk about strategy execution, the three E's. Mm-hmm. And the, the effort there is how can you develop a business model and a way, and the organizational capacity, and uh, to be uh, live to fight another day. And I think it was interesting during the recession, nonprofits couldn't just fundraise more dollars. Right. They really had to go back and say, are are we doing that which is most important? Okay. Are, can we strategize a pathway to be able to sustain or meet the increased need? Yes. You can't. You couldn't do business as usual. So. I think during the last few years, the nonprofits have gotten a lot more savvy, adapted 
fairly well. Fewer of them went out of business than I would have thought. Okay. But but I think one of the things is they've just had to get a lot more business savvy is and adapt. And that's what nonprofits historically are good at. It was just that it was stressed like everybody else. And it, w- it was perfect timing then for 1OC to begin to expand your that's services right. as well. Because right. there was a need, and I guess your organization can be looked at as partially responsible for helping these organizations right. to survive. So we offer about 210 trainings on financial management, HR management, fund development, marketing. A lot of times nonprofits would think about marketing as a new newsletter as opposed to what is our market strategy? What, right. Who's our audience? Right. Who's our, uh, yeah. how, what's our pricing look like? Uh, it also is an occasion during that time for nonprofits to think about earned revenue, not just charitable dollars. Mm. How could they develop a, sort of a hybrid, right. fossil fuel and electric? Right. Uh, and, and that just created more stability for the organization. So. I think uh, the other factor that came into play was nonprofits started looking at their board of directors and the skills business folks on boards could bring to the nonprofit organization. So it wasn't there was there were no more sleepy board members. They they they, they had to wake up to say, look out where the the sky is falling. Right. But they also could be part of the solution. And right. Nonprofit organizations increasingly look to the business community to be on their boards, to give them guidance, but also connections to resources. And if someone in our audience, either listening today or mm-hmm. in the future on a podcast, maybe off of Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, right. off your website, if they were interested, if they're a business executive and they would like to get involved in a, sure. in a nonprofit, can 1OC help them to do that? If you go to our website at www.1OC, that's going to be O-N-E-O-C dot org, O-R-G, and go to our training classes, we do actually have a board connection program. Okay where they can get oriented to the nonprofit sector, get informed about nonprofit board governance responsibilities, and, and find out about how to get connected to a nonprofit organization. Uh, I'd encourage them to do that. Yeah, that's an efficient way to f- do that, right? I, and I think it's uh, uh, it's business executive, but it's also people that are in their career on a path towards um, wanting to expand their skills and their knowledge and mm-hmm. an opportunity to make a difference. So it's a good career builder as well. I agree. Uh, let's talk about a current challenge, or from your perspective, maybe pressing challenges that are facing Orange County nonprofit organizations. Can can you share from your perspective maybe a challenge or pressing challenges? You know, I think at this point, uh, the, um, the Connect OC report that was done by the Orange County Community Foundation clearly defined the community need that was unmet and, and is urgent. Okay. Uh, I think the other thing about that is there's that need, but I don't think we can look to the government to be able to step in and make that difference. Right. The economy is recovering, but they're not going to m- meet that need. So if there is a gap, and I would also make uh, some, some new resources are going to have to come into play. I'd also say with 3,181 nonprofits, we don't need more nonprofits. Uh, what we do need is resources for them to be able to address. I think the nonprofits are, are poised to address those community needs, okay. but they need resources. And I would say that our best shot at making a difference here in Orange County is for more companies to get involved. Now, if I look at the list of the 60 largest nonprofits in Orange County in the Business Journal. And I also look at who has corporate foundations. Yes. 
the big guys know what they're doing, and they usually have foundations or have staff, and they have corporate volunteers that right. they're mobilizing, many of those. And we're working with them to even strengthen them. A number of them belong to the Orange County Corporate Volunteer Council that meets to look at practices and other things, the way they can mobilize their employees and benefit the community. But I would say it's the mid-sized organizations that may want to do things, recognize it's good for business. Right. There's a business case here. It's a, it's a double bottom line. Yes, I agree. Uh, those, I think, oftentimes would like to do something. They just don't know what and how to do it. And that's where 1OC can play a role as we reach out to these businesses to look out how they can mobilize their, volunteer, their employees in volunteerism, how they can uh, use their uh, funds for philanthropy on an effective basis. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have internal resources that can be contributed as well. It doesn't have to just be cash. Right. And at the same time, they can also build their recognition and reputation in the community with their, with their customers, with the community, mm-hmm. and the brand and how their employees feel about their company that they're working at. There's a lot of reasons to get involved and make a difference. That's exciting because, as you know, part the premise for the radio show, Critical Mass Radio Show, is that we believe in the power of peer learning, and we right. beam it here on octalkradio.net. And I would encourage any business leader, mid-sized, small company that thinks that they would like to get involved, it makes perfect sense to work with 1OC in your organization because you have all this experience. You can really help them to be effective and right. efficient. So we've begun the process of looking at training offerings we could do. We just partnered with the uh, UBM as a global company that it puts on uh, conventions and exhibitions. And we had 1,500 people at the Anaheim Convention Center earlier this month where what they were doing is um, having a conference called Business for Better and brought in national speakers where mm. it could inspire folks, illustrate uh, leading practices, and hopefully give, uh, equip, and provide tools for folks, that are, uh, business executives who want to make a difference, and then also connect them with nonprofits. So I think increasingly 1OC will play that role of how can we be a bridge between companies wanting to do good Nonprofits having the need, right. we can help inspire, equip, and mobilize companies to make a difference here in Orange County. I see the synergy of that, and and like-sized organizations can be very effective working together. Right. And so, with such a large bulk of the community being kind of in that mid-sized nonprofit, that's a real opportunity for mid-sized and smaller companies to directly work with them, like larger corporations work with the larger nonprofits. And so, we're we're going to call the mid-sized market. 100 employees to 1,000. Okay. The big guys are over 1,000, if I can say it that yeah, way. Yeah, sure. But I would, I would say those organizations probably um, have a history, and their peers are engaged. So, it, you know, we have a rich history of Fleur Corporation being involved, and, mm-hmm. a, and a Disney, and an Allergan, and Edwards is certainly surging in terms of their visibility and their philanthropy and their volunteer engagement. Those larger corporations with the, are, are engaged. Uh, I think it's the midsize, again, they're thinking about it, right. not quite sure. And uh, I think there's a pressure for consumers to have brands that they purchase. They'll right. make differentiations. And employees. And recruitment. Right. So, uh, and job satisfaction, how people see your company. So there's a strong business case we know now of why companies should get involved in their community. So if you're a business leader or an employee of a company that has 100 to 1,000 employees and you like what you're hearing today here on Critical Mass Radio Show, our nonprofit uh, s- edition of our program, 
I would strongly encourage you to reach out to one OC and see how you can build that bridge. I think it's the most effective way to do good quickly in the community. That's the deal. All right. So you you gave us uh, your website, but by way of review, in case someone would like to learn more about your organization, right. how do you say they do that, Dan? Well, uh, certainly our website uh, will describe our volunteering, training, consulting, and business services at www. One O C O N E O C dot org O R G. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Dan McQuaid, we're going to have you back. I'd like you to obviously tell other nonprofits in the community about our radio you program bet. and have them on the show. And maybe Paul will be able to do a live broadcast from one of your future events. Dan, it'd be great. Thank you for your time. I've enjoyed having you as our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for our second guest. As I said, he is Daniel Wu. He is ready to go. We'll have him back after our commercial break. We're going to be talking about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Light the Night Walk. We'll be back right after these words from our sponsors. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest-growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five-star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes this success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they will handle the rest. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. This is our special nonprofit edition. We do this show each month, usually on the last Wednesday of the month, where we feature worthy nonprofit organizations throughout Orange County, California. On Thursdays, our Coast to Coast show, which broadcasts live here on octalkradio.net, features small and mid-market business leaders from across the country. As I said, both shows can be heard live here on octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher, or other podcasting services. You can also find them on my website, criticalmass4business.com. I would like to thank all of our loyal listeners. The latest numbers say in the last 30 days, we've exceeded 7,000 downloads of various programs, so we keep ranging between seven and 8,000 shows each month, and we appreciate you finding our program and being loyal listeners. Let's turn our attention to our second guest. I said before the break it was he is Daniel Wu and he's talking to us today about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Light the Night Walk. Daniel, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Let's Pleasure talk to be here. Uh, it's good to have you here. Tell us a bit about your background and what brought you to this cause. Right. Uh, my background is corporate finance, so um, right now I'm a principal in a company uh, that provides consulting services for small to medium-sized businesses, uh, anything from corporate finance to accounting to interim CFO uh, services. So what brought me to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society uh, uh, is three years ago, three and a half years ago, uh, my wife passed away from uh, leukemia uh, on February 6, 2010. So from that moment on, um, you know, I, had, I developed this passion not really from that moment on, but, you know, when Anita was in the hospital for about eight months, I kind of uh, was surrounded by other families similar to ours going through the same pain. And really during that process, I wanted to 
you know, do something uh, meaningful, uh, more meaningful in my life. And so after Anita passed away, I, I decided to devote uh, much of my time and my charity work to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. That is a very powerful story, and, and I appreciate your willingness to talk about it here on the radio program today. So, so let's talk about Light the Night Walk and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. For those that are out there that may not be aware of the walk and sort of the, the history of it, can you share a little bit about it and what's, what we can expect from this year's walk? Sure, absolutely. Uh, let me just spend just one minute talking about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is the largest voluntary health organization that specifically deals with uh, blood cancers. So uh, what they do is uh, they, they, they help fund research, very important research for uh, helping find cures for blood cancers, and also provides um, uh, services for patients um, any number of ways to counseling for families, to helping co-pay for insurance, uh, financial assistance. So uh, it was started in 1949 by the DeVille family, and um, their son passed away from leukemia. So that was 63 years ago. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it's grown to this uh, great organization where from 1949 on to this day, they've raised and um, basically funded $875 million worth of uh, money for cancer research. So it's almost a billion dollars that this organization has funded for cancer research. Wow, that's impressive. So, yeah, it is very impressive. And um, so they have many programs to do fundraisers for, uh, for blood cancer research, but one of the things that they do on an annual basis, which is in 200 communities around the country, is called Light the Night. And uh, the one that I'm speaking about is the one that's an annually in September time frame. This time it's September 28th, a Saturday. And uh, there are 9,000 walkers, and uh, they, we host what's called Light the Night, and um, it's really a walk that's dedicated to, uh, dedicated to uh, you know, three, three groups. One, for uh, in the memory of uh, people who have succumbed to blood cancer. Two, to, to supporters. And then three, for survivors. Hmm. It's a great walk, and um, you know, annually there are, like I said, 9,000 people, and it's a very casual walk. It's not an endurance race or anything like that, so anybody can participate. And last year, we, for example, we had about 9,000 walkers, and we raised a million dollars. Nice. Which basically, from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society perspective, 78 cents out of every dollar goes to cancer research and helping patient services. So it's, a, it's almost 80%, which is fantastic. That's great for such a large organization to be that efficient in how they use the, the, the money that they raise. Where is the walk? The walk uh, is annually at Anaheim Stadium, at, uh, well, Angel Stadium, and uh, generally starts around 4 o'clock. Uh, there are all kinds of festivities that uh, you know, people can have fun. There are booths, um, food trucks this year, uh, games for kids. And it's an amazing uh, event. Uh, you know, if there are balloons. It's called Light the Night because there are, uh, a lot of the walkers there have balloons. And the balloons, like I said, well, the balloons are memory or, or, uh, for really the three groups of people that the walk is for. You know, gold balloons for uh, those who are uh, memory, those who passed away. Uh, white for supporters and red balloons for uh, I'm sorry the whites for survivors red for supporters and these balloons are lit up at night wow. so if you think about 9,000 people holding these lit up balloons right. walking uh, through Angel Stadium so it's a two mile casual walk starting in the uh, in the parking lot and it goes through the stadium uh, but it, it's it's a fantastic event it's very uh, I mean if you go to event I encourage everyone to check it out this year uh, it's one event that you'll you'll remember for the rest of your life so this is good for young for kids, for parents, for maybe some people that are a little more elderly, two-mile walk. It sounds right. like a very social time. It probably goes by without 
Yeah, must be a flat terrain, relatively speaking. Yeah, it is a flat terrain, and yeah, like you said, it goes from kids to um, you know people who are older, and and it's a it's a casual walk. Like it's not, it's not an endurance race or anything. It's a casual walk, and uh, it's just a wonderful experience. If, you know, I, again, I encourage anybody who hasn't partaken in this to try it out. And how does the money get raised? The money gets raised um, via walkers. So, uh, for example, uh, there are a couple ways that you can raise money. Either as an individual walker, uh, you can go out and ask uh, family and friends or whomever to to support you in any amount that you want to, to, uh, to ask for okay. to walk. Or you can create teams. There are family and friend teams, and there are corporate teams as well. And uh, one of my jobs as the corporate walk chair for this year's walk is to actually to drive more uh, corporate partnerships and corporate sponsorships to the walk because that's where uh, we get the biggest bang for the buck. And, and it's great for the corporations, too, because um, when I was at another company, we created a team. And it's, it's not only a great way to, for, uh, to fund a good cause, but it's actually a good uh, team-building experience, morale builder. Right. Uh, it was really, it's really good for, for corporations. So. The listening audience tends to be business owners or executives of companies that are here in Orange that's, County. That's right. So when you're talking about building corporate teams, right. that could be private company teams, family businesses. They could all. I I can see that as a very fun event where you get to see a different side of everybody in the company, and you're doing something good for the community. Right. Exactly. And you know, one of the things that we um, we started actually, uh, Dennis Cool, who's the chairman of the Angels, three years ago, he created this. Uh, uh, it's called the Chairman Circle, and and. Uh, what it is is it's something that Dennis put together along with actually Rod Carew. The two of them put this uh, chairman circle together to um, to really go and talk to more of the C-level executives within the Orange County business community. Uh, I'm a part of this chairman circle and really to, to try to encourage more C-level executives to hear our message, be part of this Light the Night, this wonderful experience, and, and hopefully have those executives be able to talk to the companies and part partake in this in this great event okay so if someone listening today would like to have you or someone from the organization come out and speak they can do that yes ab- absolutely okay. absolutely and we're going to get to your contact information okay. shortly okay Thank so you. so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen we're going to take our final commercial break when we come back i'm going to talk with daniel about a current challenge that's facing Maybe the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society or the Light the Night or just the idea of helping these people in general. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with Daniel Wu after these words from our commercial sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, Under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. 
If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. You are listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. This is our special nonprofit edition, which we do each and every month here on octalkradio.net. Daniel Wu is our guest, and we've been talking about the Light the Night Walk, which will be September 28th of this year at Angel Stadium. Hopefully some of you who hadn't thought about participating in the walk are now inspired based on this conversation to join and maybe even form a company or corporate team, which would be outstanding. Before the break, I asked Daniel if he could share with us a little bit about a current challenge facing the organization. Do you have one that you could share with us? Sure. Um, I and I don't know if it's a – really, the, the current challenge is getting to finding a cure for blood cancers as fast as we can. So I guess that's really the challenge and the mission of the LS. Makes sense. So uh, one of the things that um, I mentioned – well, obviously, we're talking about Light Tonight, but um, the LS has other programs as well, um, and we can go in that another time. But um, really, what we're talking about, when we're talking about corporate, uh, corporate relationships, one of the challenges for us is to continue to fund, uh, fund cancer research – blood cancer research, and to drive hopefully more corporate partnerships and sponsorships because, like I said before, it, that's where the, uh, you know, the biggest bang for our, for our buck, is, buck is. And j- just so you know, like I said, the, um, you know, the challenge is finding a cure for blood cancer as quickly, quickly as we can. I just want to say a couple of stats. For example, uh, in the last 10 years, half of the cancer drugs that have been approved by the FDA were actually, actually originally uh, you know the development of those drugs for for blood cancer. So, I just want to mention that you know the LLS. I mean, in its in in the work it, that it does. I mean, we just need to find more funding uh, and fill that pipeline funding to to get closer to this uh, blood cancer cure because it's not we're not talking about only blood cancer. We're talking about other cancers as well. Uh, so, you know that's that's really. The challenge, and, and one way to address the challenge again is just to bring in more corporate partnerships, more sponsorships, and just try to get you know uh, more involvement from that perspective. Well, you were saying I think seventy-eight percent of every dollar, seventy-eight cents of yep. every dollar. Mm-hmm. So a uh, million dollars raised here in Anaheim—that's right. uh, seven hundred eighty thousand dollars to help. That's right. But these are expensive propositions, aren't they? Developing these drugs right. and blood cancers are very difficult, yep. and very um, there's such a range of them too. Right. Right, there's such a range of them, and and you know the, the timeline in regard to you know coming up with an idea and maybe come up with some sort of drug that may be therapeutic and may help. I mean, it's a long timeline. Right. So we got to continue to get more funding so we can put uh, monies in different buckets, if you will. Uh, so you know that's that's the challenge, and we have primarily, and that's what as a corporate walk chair, that's what I'm trying to address. So corporate walk chair is this an annual title? 
Yes. Did, did you get volunteered for it? <laughs> did you volunteer to be? Uh, um, both, both. Okay. Uh, last year was my first year as a corporate walk chair, and I'm doing it this year. Last year, uh, the LS asked, uh, and, and Dennis Cool is the Angels chairman, asked that I come on board to, to hopefully, uh, you know, to, to drive um, uh, the increase in, in funds related to Light the Night. So last year actually was the first year we, re- we reached $1 million. Oh, okay. So this year, thank you. And, our, and this year we're trying to bump it up to about $1 million too. And then next, hopefully we reach that goal, and then next year we'll have a different uh, sure. watch. Yeah, every year you've got to try to do better than last yeah, year, right? Raise more money. It's really important. Can, can Off script a little bit, Yeah. can you speak to why the angels are in, kind of engaged in this, in the light of night walk? Right. Well, the, the angels uh, are very charitable, and they're involved with different, um, they're very philanthropic, and they're, they're actually involved in, in different uh, charitable organizations uh, in Orange County. Uh, but... What's really driven, like the LS and like the night is again going back to Dennis. Dennis Cool. He it, this has just become a passion of his. Okay. And how, uh, and, and it's really also uh, the involvement of Rod Carew, whose daughter passed away from uh, leukemia as well. So oh. it's in tandem. So uh-huh. as as we most people know, Rod Carew is a you know great Hall of Fame baseball player and played for the Angels. So the two of them kind of collaborated. And just turn this walk into something that was really amazing, uh, and and they are just so passionate about this, and their passion for, you know, finding a cure for blood cancer just trickles down, and and uh, I mean that's it's just some a passion of theirs, really. Right. So it comes down to it, if nothing else. Because the concept is great to walk at night with lighted balloons, but the opportunity to be inside Angel Stadium—that's yes. sort of a special well, perk, isn't it? I'm glad you mentioned perks. So there are a couple of couple of perks, but uh, the perks in regard, the large perk, if we're talking about companies, is that. One of the perks that's offered uh, for, for companies or teams that raise over $10,000, which actually isn't too difficult to do, uh, is be, to be able to have uh, their own tent at the walk and being able to actually meet Dennis and Rod Crew at the walk. So they come over and they, you know, they, and they spend their time and Rod's signing balls and things, things like that, but they, they take their time and they visit each team that raises $10,000. There's a picture-taking uh, opportunity, but it's, it's awesome to be able to meet these two gentlemen. Right. So that's one of the perks. The smaller perk is if you raise over hundred dollars, you're 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 uh, as an individual walker, you're you're known to be a, ch- a champion for cures. And what you get out of that is you get a balloon, depending on what you're if you're walking for someone or for or, you know or, or just a supporter. You get a balloon, you get a T-shirt, and you get food at the walk. Uh, and it's um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty amazing as well. So this is an event around the walk. I mean, it's not just show up and do the walk. No, it, it, it's an event. It is an event. Every so. year it gets better and better. I mean, we have a we have an executive leadership committee that's specifically, uh, you know, what they do is they plan the walk and they plan events and make it better and better and better every year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, it, it's definitely an event. Again, it's an event for kids to have fun at. Uh, there's music. There's live music. There's food trucks. There's games. And and uh, you know, it, it's you know, there's just opportunities to, you know, you know, if you raise enough money, you can meet uh, Rod and Dennis. But reality is they're walking around. There are opportunities right. to talk to them anyway. Right. Uh, but Dennis yeah. is in the community a lot. Yes, he I is. Mean, and, and, so, and he's very approachable. I found him to be very, very, very willing so. to spend time and, right. and talk with people. And it's, it's great to have some organization, I think, like the Angels, supporting this walk and, and making it bigger and better every year. It does get bigger and better every year, and they're – they are just big, big supporters, and I'm, I'm very proud to be part of you know the LS and Angels Baseball. It's, it's great. Since we're talking with business leaders here on Critical Mass Radio Show, 
the organization, you mentioned a couple different uh, corporate funding and the walk teams. Do you have a need for individuals to contribute time to be on these committees to help? Are there any opportunities for people to get involved with the organization that plans this event? Absolutely. I mean, there's always a need for volunteers. Like I said, uh, one of the things that's uh, probably most appropriate for the listeners on, on uh, today are you know, we have what's called an executive leadership committee. And uh, what they do is they, um, you know, they're part of a committee and they go out and really try to interact with uh, other biz- businesses that they have in contact with or go out in the, uh, in the community and find other businesses to be involved. Okay. Uh, so, yes. And there are other ways, um, you know, as you can imagine with 9,000 people, there are a lot of uh, things to volunteer for, you know, to, uh, you know, to take tickets, to, pa- to pass out T-shirts and guide people in the right direction. So we're always looking for volunteers for that as well. So there are many ways to volunteer. Um, it's just, um, you know, once we get to a point to where we can talk about who to contact, who to contact, I mean, let's that, that's how do that do. now. <laughs> okay, good. So, um, you know, one way, if you want to get involved, uh, there are a couple of ways to do this. Uh, the phone number I can provide that's a light the night phone number that you can uh, ask about being involved is 714-481-5641, 714-481-5641. Also, you can go to the website at www dot light the night dot org forward slash o c i e or i mean if you can if you just remember this lls dot org and you can just navigate and find you know where to get there as well but those are the primary ways you can uh, find out about the walk you get a t-shirt yes all right gotta have a t-shirt oh, oh that's a good one because um i'm supposed to mention the ls is uh making this offer that anybody who's listening to this radio show yes if they call into the number that i gave they'll get a free uh, light the night tote bag Whoa! <laughs> there you go. It's so just there like, is a free. Th- see, it's <laughs> good to ask. It's always good to ask. Yes, my engineer is giving me a hand signal. What are you trying to say? I'll give the phone number again. Then sure, absolutely. The phone number again is seven one four four eight one five six four one. All right, I challenge those in the community who think they might, who think this is a good idea, because September is a while away, and we've got the summer and things. Make plans now. Don't wait, even though you think you have time. I know the people that listen to Critical Mass Radio Show are lifelong learners who take action, take action today or tomorrow, or as soon as you hear this, if it's a podcast and it's before September 28th. I want to see you there. I can tell you that I'll be there with my wife and family and friends. I can't wait to participate in this event. It sounds great. Daniel, thank you for coming in and sharing a little bit about Light the Night. I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, and our guest coordinator, Kathleen Shepard, our marketing communication manager, Kelly Faltis, our producer, Rachel Franzi, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk here on Critical Mass Radio Show, heard exclusively live on octalkradio.net. Here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit show, right here on OCTalkRadio.net.